The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. We're going to talk about outreach this morning. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed we have some visitors here with us, and uh, I'll uh, introduce those men in just a moment. But over in Acts chapter 1, we're going to start reading in verse 6. So if you'd like to turn there, Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 6, as we talk about outreach, so... They met together and they asked him, uh, this is the disciples, Lord, at this time are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? But he said to them in verse 7, It's not for you to know the dates or the time the Father has set by his own authority, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. And after, the, after he said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid him, hid him before their sight, from their sight. And they were looking intently to the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking to the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you to heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go up into heaven. So as we think about this passage of scripture, we see that Jesus is there. He's talking to a couple of his disciples. He's whisked away. And the the thing that I want us just to start with that I want us to remember is this. Uh, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who was taken to you into heaven will come back in the same way that you've seen him go. This same Jesus, he's going to return one day, and he's going to take uh, his church home. And, uh, of course, if you're a born-again Christian, you are the church. I was thinking yesterday, I was driving, and I don't know why this thought came to mind. And uh, to my mind, I was thinking about go to church, go to church, go to church. I just kept thinking about that, that saying, what do we say? I'm going to church. Uh, we ask other people, do you go to church? Well, I was thinking about it. You are the church if you're a born-again Christian. So uh, for us just to sometimes I think I lose sight of that, that, that we are the church. It's not, it's not where we go. Now, we're a gathering today, and we're a gathering of the church. But you are the church, and we are the church. And Jesus has given us, the church, a commission to be uh, his voice, his eyes, his feet, his hands, his touch, to the world. I told y'all uh, uh, at one point in the past, I had a guy say, you don't have to say you told us if you think you told us. I can't break that habit. It's just a habit I have. So, um, And what I'm saying, if you say, well, you've told us that before, I know, but you got to hear it again. When I was youth minister, I had a, uh, uh, a uh, we made t-shirts nearly every year different t-shirts. It was a theme of our either our summer camp or we did a lot of weekend retreats. And uh, we, were doing the, we were doing a retreat on the full armor of God. So I, I, uh, I had a shirt made up and uh, I had on that shirt, don't fight naked. And under that, under that shirt, I had a little naked character, non-gender, just a, just a naked character standing and uh, and underneath that, you know, I had Ephesians chapter 6 written. I thought that was such a great ideal. And uh, I still think it's a good idea. I still hadn't learned my lesson. Uh, so uh, I, we had a Sunday morning that we had all our, our youth come up, and all of them had on Don't Fight Naked t-shirts. 
And I think that naked word is what was killing everybody, you know. It's just, oh, I can't believe that Jake's got people up there with a shirt that's got naked wrote on it, you know. I mean, but uh, anyway, uh, an uproar it caused was just uh, was unbelievable. Now, uh, what does that have to do with today's topic? You'll have to wait just a moment and see, because we're going to talk about outreach. And, and outreach, it kind of includes uh, activities that's, that's geared towards the outside of the church, whether locally or abroad, when we think about that word outreach. And it can include uh, meeting physical needs. It can include meeting uh, or teaching Christian beliefs. But its primary goal, and this is primary goal of outreach, is to bring those outside of the church into a relationship with God and then ultimately with the local church. You know, the, the Bible says that God desires that we be a part of the local church. And, and when you're a part of the local church, you come and you, you have fellowship with one another. You kind of recharge your battery for the week. So it's important. Uh, first of all, the most important is to bring people into a relationship with God the Father. And then beyond that, to have them be a part of this local church. And it's meant to demonstrate Christian love in a tangible way. Now, I want you to think about that, that word I just used, a tangible way. That's what outreach is for. It's to demonstrate Christian love in a tangible way to a needy world. I mean, that's really what outreach is. And it's to carry the, the call of God and to reach out to the lost in a, in a personal way and in a corporate way. There's a lot of ways that we experience outreach. outreach. And so if worship is our love shown towards God, we, we've been in a worship service. If that's our love shown towards God, if, if maturity is our love for learning or growing in His Word, we, we want to come, we want to hear His Word, and we call that maturity. If, if fellowship is our love that we reach out to one another in fellowship, and we love one another in fellowship, modeled by God's love for us, then outreach could be called Christian's love shown to a world that needs it. That's really what outreach is. It's, it's really just showing the world that God loves them, and, and we do that through outreach. We want folks to understand, and, and the world desperately, desperately needs to understand that God loves them. And, and that's our commission as a church, to, to reach out and to, and to show other people. Now, here's the connection with my T-shirt story today. My T-shirt was meant to be a funny way, or maybe not a funny way, but an interesting way that people would look at it and say, huh, what's that mean? I don't understand why, why are you wearing this shirt that says don't fight naked and, and that, that was an avenue to, to say, hey, let me tell you about this. This is about the full armor of God and here we spent three days talking about it. Here in our church, I, I was thinking about this, we spent nearly three months talking about the armor of God and we've talked about Satan and his schemes and, and so, so that shirt was simply meant to do that. It, it, was, a, it was a way to, to take... Christ and to take God's love and to take the armor of God out of a book and out of print and, and to put it out on the street, so to speak. It was a way that we could say, hey, this is just not going to church. 
this is, hey, this is what God's Word says, and, and this is how it can be interesting, and this is how it can be eye-catching, and this is how we can raise questions, and in raising questions, therein we find answers. And, and so, so outreach is essentially, it's, it's, it's exposing the gospel. It's, 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 it's sharing our faith to, to whoever we come in contact with and, and hopefully getting involved with a Bible-believing church and, and whatever means we use that for, whether it's a church that... Now, I'm not, I'm not one of these rebels that say, oh, you've got you to have a big shock factor. I never even intended that to be that way, but, but just ways to say, hey, what, what's on your shirt? What's, you know, if you wear a shirt that has a scripture on it, be sure you know what it says. You ever been asked that? I got an easy one one time. I had a shirt that had a, a Philippians 4.13, I believe, and a guy I work with, I mean, that's all it said on there. He said, what does that scripture say on your shirt? I was like, oh, my goodness. And, you know, I looked down because I had no idea. And then I said, oh, yeah, I know what that is. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He goes, I can't believe you know that. I said, I can't either. <laughs> you know, I just looked out today. But... But so if you wear something, be prepared. But but I'm just saying that's another avenue of outreach. And if we want people to learn more about Christ, to draw closer to Christ, to to know Christ and eventually find their way to a church, then we have to take him out of this building and we have to show him to people. We have to we have to take him out of the Bible and we have to show him to people by our word and by our deeds and what we do and and they they're not going to see Christ simply by looking at us at church and and so when we think about going to church today and we think about we're going to hear a message today and we're hearing a message today about Christ and about outreach and about going to church, then, then I think we need to have this key word. Our faith should be alive and it should be vibrant. It should be something that's living and moving and working in our daily life because if we don't practice outreach, listen, in some type of way, church, I want you to hear this. If we don't practice outreach in some kind of way, our faith becomes bottled up inside of us. And when our faith becomes bottled up, bottled up inside of us, it becomes extremely detrimental. In other words, we're just there. It's bottled up within us. We hear week after week a message. We may come to Sunday school and we may hear a teaching week after week and, and we have no avenue. We're not using it to, to outreach. Then it, it becomes detrimental. I want to tell you a tale of two lakes. And, and when we talk about these two lakes, I want to explain what I mean about these two bodies of water. And these, these waters are around Israel. And, and Jesus spent much of his time around the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee, it's a body of water. It's north of Jerusalem. And, and it would compare to, I want to say, our Broken Bowl Lake. Y'all have, been, have y'all been to Broken Bowl Lake and up? And, and uh, that, that's just a beautiful lake. And it's deep. And, and it's called Broken Bowl Lake, right? Because I'll get questioned on this from some of these down there on the front row. But I want you to know I've gone on the Internet. And it's Broken Bowl Lake. But Broken Bow Lake, it's, it's a moderate-sized lake. It's, fr- it's fed from a mountain stream. It's actually fed by Mountain Fork River, and it's, it's teeming with fish. It's clear water. It's deep water. It's cold water. It's, it has all kinds of... It has trout. You know, for that to be local, to have trout, it has walleye. 
I was up there a few weeks ago, and I caught walleye in that thing. And, and uh, so it's a, it's a beautiful lake. And not only that, that lake runs into all kinds of, of streams and rivers, and it runs into one main river, doesn't it? And that main river, it, it's thriving. It's, it's rolling. It's moving. It, it's a thriving lake. It's a thriving river. And, and I was thinking about this. The, the things around that river and the things around this lake are thriving also because of this living water and this lake that's alive and this river that's running. There's communities, there's houses, there's all kinds of activities taking, taking place. Now, I want you to think of that kind of lake as a healthy Christian, uh, somebody that's, that's fresh, that's deep, that's, that's full of good things to share with others, somebody that's, that's full of life. Think about that when we think about the Sea of Galilee or we think about that Broken Bow Lake. That, that's not the body of water I want to talk about this morning, though. Because not far from there, about 75 miles from the Sea of Galilee, as the, as the elevation drops along the entire route, which rivers normally do, it empties into what's called the Salt Sea, or we call it the Dead Sea today. And the Dead Sea, it's far bigger than the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee, it's just a moderate-sized lake. The Dead Sea, it's, it's much bigger. It's 48 miles long. It's 8 to 10 miles wide. The, the surface of the water covers 1,400 feet, and, or it's 1,400 feet below sea level, and, and it's 1,400 feet deep. It's a, it's a big body of water. But it's called the Dead Sea because there's concentrates of chemicals and salt and potash and minerals and magnesium and calcium chlorides and all of these things that flow down into this sea. Matter of fact, 25% of the sea are just those things, those, those chemicals, those minerals, those, those, those different deposits that come down through there. And, and that gives the, the Dead Sea this buoyancy that a lot of seas don't have, but also it's fatal, it's fatal to nearly anything that lives there. To the fish that lives there, it's fatal. It's so toxic that some believe that, that during that great earthquake of Sodom and Gomorrah that, that that sea actually rained brimstone. It, it was so toxic that it, that it kind of a, was part of that fire and brimstone that was falling from, from that toxicity of that dead sea. So although it's water, it, it's, some say it's, its minerals are kind of therapeutic at times. Uh, nothing lives in the water except the simplest, smallest microorganisms because of its, its high mineral context and, uh, content. So the reason to bring all this up, the Dead Sea is dead for one reason. What is that reason? It doesn't flow anywhere. In other words, the Sea of Galilee, it's, it's flowing, it's live, it's moving. There's mountain streams emptying into it, and, and as it empties into there, and all of this life is living there, it flows out, and the rivers are live, flowing down to the Dead Sea. But when it gets to the Dead Sea, it stagnates. There's just nowhere for it to go. It, it's just there, and, and all of those, those materials brought down, they, they get trapped in this deep gorge, and it never comes out. And as it never comes out, it builds up, and it builds up, and it builds up, and, and finally, it, it's, just, it's just lethal. It's just, it's, just not, it's just not active anymore. And I think many Christians, when we 
when we take in and when we take in and when we take in, finally, our faith just becomes a dead faith. Because we're just soaking up. I, I say this a lot, set, soak, and sour. But, but I think about a sponge. And if you take a sponge and, and you, you, you submerge that sponge and it fills up with liquid and you just set it out, well, it finally dries. But what happens? It sours, don't it? It, it just sits there and it, it, it just turns into no use. And folks, I think a lot of times why we as Christians, we, we lose interest in church, we lose interest in God's words is because we're just soak it up. Week after week we hear, week after week we hear, but it never flows out. So after it never flows out, it, it just becomes something that's, that's just kind of boring. It's, it's no life to it anymore. I think Bible studies are great, church services are great, religious shows are great, books are great, prayer meetings are great. All of those are important for a Christian to build their faith up. All of those things are important that we have a, a source of input, and that we're growing spiritually, but, but at, at that point that we're growing spiritually, that needs to be flowing out of us because remember what that, that Sea of Galilee is, that lake at Broken Bowl is? It's teeming with things that, that are alive. And the reason they're able to live is because there's a fresh source coming in, and as that fresh source comes in, it's moved on down the stream, and, and things downstream are benefiting. And in our Christian life, we need to use that output. That's, a, that's an essential part of faith. We need, to be, we need to be putting out what we have on Sundays, what we gather on Sundays, what we soak up on Sunday. If not, I think we become bloated, and we become stagnant Christians, and, and we've built up all of this knowledge and all this understanding but there's no output. So, so this output, that's the simple uh, or the central theme of our message today is, is Christians, we need to be having an output and we call that outreach. Now, Jesus, his, he's appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. He's getting ready to return to heaven and he's leaving them to carry on the work of the church. And, and he says this, the disciples say, Lord, are you going to build your kingdom? Are you going to restore Israel? And all they're asking is this. The disciples thought that they were going to, Jesus was going to come and he was going to set Israel back in first place. And you remember one of them wanted to be his right hand, one of them wanted to be his left hand man, and they wanted him to be on the throne. They wanted him to take over. That's what they're concerned about. That's the question they answer. They, that's the question they ask. Lord, is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And the first part of his answer tells them that, that this final reckoning's coming. There's a day coming. And we need to understand there's a day coming that the trumpet of the Lord's going to sound and things are going to turn upside down in this world. And Christ told his disciples, but you don't need to worry about that. You don't need to worry about the time, the hour, the day, because we need to be living our life every day, streaming that water downstream. We need to be living our lives every day knowing that, hey, there's going to be a time and the, and the trumpet of the Lord's going to sound and time's going to change. And, and we don't need to say, you know what, I'm going to wait till the last two minutes. Then I'm going to give everybody a call and say, hey, this is it. This is time to act. It's the world's ending tomorrow morning. The Lord says this, we need to do this. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And at that point, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. So his disciples say this, when are you going to come and establish your kingdom? The Lord answers them this, hey, there's a time coming. You don't need to worry about that. You need to do this. The Holy Spirit is going to give you power. 
And when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, you're to become my witnesses. Now, folks, if you're a born-again Christian, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not something we're going to receive it someday at Pentecost. It's not something we'll receive it sometime in the future. When you're a born-again Christian, you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and He lives within you. That's God Himself living in you. So Jesus says to us today, when you accepted me, you received the power of the Holy Spirit, and you're to be my witnesses. Now here's a witness. A witness in court simply shares his experience. And, and we share ours as Christians. We don't, uh, our experience of God's love, not our viewpoint, but we, we share, we share our, our experiences as Christians. Not all Christians are, are public speakers, I understand that. Not all people are comfortable with that, but, but we as Christians, we have been loved by God the Father, and we're being loved by God the Father, and, and we can bear witnesses of that. We can bear witness of, hey, this is what Christ has done for me. We might not be able to turn here and turn there and say, here's what it says and this is what it says, but, but we can say this, hey, I'm a witness of what God has done. And my witness is what? It's simply sharing my experience that God has done for me and what God has done for me. Real quickly, and I'm getting ready to close, here's the thing that Jesus told his disciples. He said, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now, let me tell you what that means for us. Jerusalem, for these disciples, that's home. So he says to his disciples, you're to be my witnesses at home, in this community, in, in Charleston, in East Delta, in, in Cooper, in Klondike, in, in this area, you're to be my witnesses. And in Judea, in your neighborhoods, that's what, that's what they would have been in their neighborhood, in, their, in Jerusalem, their home, in Judea, their neighborhood, in Samaria, their nation. So we're breaking that from our home, we're to, we're to be witnesses. In our neighborhoods, we're to be witnesses. In our nation, we're to be witnesses. And even to the end of the earth, that would be our world. So Jesus says, you've received Christians' power of the Holy Spirit, and you're to be my witnesses in all of these places. So, so Jesus calls them to share his love with the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the good things, folks. That means we don't have to trust ourselves. We don't have to trust in our own strength and our own ability to be God's witness, but we need to trust in God's strength. We need to trust in God's Spirit to be his witness. So when we come to the point of saying, hey, I just can't do that, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. Well, you don't have to. The God, God says, I'm going to give you power of the Spirit, and I'm going to take care of the witnessing. All I need you to do is just be willing. You need to say, Lord, I surrender. And then he says, I've got the power for you to be able to do something that we sang that song that said, Lord, take me outside of my comfort zone. Now, that's not exactly how the words went, but, but if you were singing that last song, it, it, said, it, it said, stretch me beyond the, my borders that I have. And, and Christ says, you know what? When you get outside of the borders you have, I have the power of the Spirit that's going to help you, that's going to move you during those times. So here's the thing, as we think about outreach today, and we think about East Delta Baptist Church, and we think about our outreach, you know, Christ reached to people in many different ways. Sometimes he spoke, and sometimes he acted. 
And I think the best is a, is a combination of the two. If we follow that same logic, we're, we're to serve as witnesses in love and His message. In love and His message. Some of us, we, we talk about Jesus. We have the, we, you may have the gift of gab. Some of you do. Y'all may say I do, but some of you have even a bigger gift than I do. And, uh, and so, so that's, that's your gift to gab. You, you, you can talk about Jesus. You, you, you can do it. Others, others share His love, through, share Him through, through love, through their actions. Folks, there's a lot of you, you, you just act in love. You, you act, you, you, you perform things, you send cards, you write letters, you make phone calls, you, you bake cakes. You, you get involved and you're, you're sharing His love through outreach and different kinds. I think a combination of the two is the best because that's what we see Christ doing. A free car wash, a, a note of encouragement on God's love to someone, a, 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 a phone call just to say, hey, I've been thinking about you, I've been praying for you. To, to that point, all of us, in the same way, we've given the Holy Spirit and He's given us gifts that we might fulfill His purpose. So here's the last word. I, I want to wrap up today, and this is going to be a little bit odd, I think, for you, but, you know, we have a business meeting every month, once, once a month. We're incorporated, so we have to do that. So, so I want to share with you some things we do about, about our, our missions giving because I, I bet some of you here don't know this. And, and this is just, this is simply a, a little budget sheet that we get at all our business meetings. There's usually some in the foyer. But, but real quickly, I want to just share with you some of the ways we're reaching out at home, in our community, in our state, and even beyond. And, and all of you are a part of this. I'm not going to spend much time here, but here are some missions that we're a part of right now. We, we're a part of a, of a mission called One by One, W-O-N by O-N-E. Y'all may know Brian Fellers. He's came and he's, he's supply preached for me before. He's a missionary, and we support his ministry every month. We support his ministry through what you give. We, we support a group called Campus Crusade for Christ, Kevin Green Ministries. He... Uh, he he does uh, retreats for married couples. He's a marriage counselor. He does every month. We support him through your giving. We we support the Baptist General Convention every month. We we support. We give to that that mission. That that mission reaches out beyond what we can reach out to. It it literally reaches to the ends of the earth, and we're a part of that through that cooperative program. We give to the Red River Valley Association. That's our local association that reaches out to our communities and our surrounding communities, just like Christ has asked us to be a part of. We give to the BSM in commerce. That's the Baptist Student Ministry at the College in Commerce. We give to the BSM in Paris. That's the PJC's Baptist Student Ministry. We give love packages that uh, takes literature and ships it around the world to another country where they'll have God's Word in their hand. We, we support that ministry, and every month we support that. Some of you know already we've... Uh, we support our our local children. We have a uh, we have a group called Student Outfitters, and we just recently y'all were a part of that, and some other churches in the community. We uh, we provide student clothing for the first of school. We're a part of that. We support Annie Armstrong Easter offering every year. Come around Easter, we take a love offering up for Annie Armstrong. Mary Hill Davis, which supports Texas missions. 
Part of your giving goes to Texas Missions. We support Lottie Moon Christmas offering every year. That's part of the Baptist Convention that sends uh, dollars around the world also. We support a, a missionary in the Philippines called Glean Lapati. As y'all may remember, he came and spoke uh, a year or two ago. We have the Harvest Festival. You know what that's for? That's to get children's community to come and be a part of the church and understand what the church is. We have a, a community fish fry every year. We had it just a few months ago. That, the reason for that, that's, that's to get folks out in the community, introduce ourselves and be a part of that. We have, a, we have fifth quarters with our youth. You know what that's for? That's to invite the youth of our community to, to come and to be a part of a group that are Christians. We, we have a chili supper coming up here in about six weeks, eight weeks. You know what that's for? That's, that's to be used as an outreach. All of those avenues, all of those things we do, all of those things we use, those are ways that we as a church try to help support outreach programs. And folks, when we have opportunities, we support that and you support that through your giving. But also we, we need your bodies here for that. And, and we need your voice to say, hey, how easy it is to say, hey, we're having a fish fry down at East Delta. Would you come be a part of that? That's so easy. Don't say, well, I'm not called to do that, and I don't know God's word. That's a fish fry, and it's free. You know, so, so if we can be a part of that, I, I, just wanna, I just wanted you to understand that, that there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of things you're doing as a church that you're already supporting missions and you're already supporting outreach. And, and so we're all a part of this outreach. But I want to ask you this morning, beyond what we're doing here, how is our, how is our efforts flowing on downstream? And what are we doing to be a part of the outreach of, that, of, this, of this community? Also this morning, we have a, 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 another way that we do outreach, and we've been a part of this for the last several years. And, and part of that is through the Gideon camp. And I'm sure y'all have all heard of Gideon's and, and their, their ministry. And, and Brother Clint is here this morning, and uh, I've asked him to come, and he's going to speak about uh, eight to ten minutes on what the Gideon's do. He's going to tell you about some stories and and we're, you're going to have an opportunity to give to that in just a moment. Uh, so, Brother Clint, if you'll come at this time and, and follow up and kind of close us up on our, on our uh, outreach, and then we'll close up in just a moment with a love offering. All right. Thank you. I've got that off, too. Let me. All right. I've got to get my little timer set up here because I don't want to overstay my time. <laughs> Uh, Beaver's Bend Marina or Broken Bow. I have a boat in Beaver's Bend Marina, so I'm not, I'm not exactly sure of it. Y'all have to put something in the Gideon pack next year. I see this young lady over here laughing. I'm not sure which one it is, but hey, uh, I mean, I'm sitting over there thinking, how stupid are you? I, I mean, the, pre- the preacher's up there, but Jake's up there, and I, I should know the answer to that. And, and I don't think I'm sure. Uh, you look like you're pretty sure. Huh? Anyway, it's a little, 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 side, little side note of humor there. Who, who believes that uh, Christians can have fun? How about that? Hmm? Well, that's, uh, I so feel so honored to be here this morning and worship with y'all. I mean, truly, uh, uh, Brother Jake, we are God's family, regardless of whether we're at East Delta or whether we're, we're out in the world. And, uh, you know... A lot of times people want to know, well, who, who are you? And you, you, you mentioned 
Brother Jake, uh, I'm not a professional speaker. Uh, you know, that's something that we all have in common. How many of you have a fear of standing up in front of people? There you go. That's the most common thing the human race has in, a fear of. Most people have a fear of speaking in front of other people. So we all have that in common, too. But, uh, yeah, I've been a Gideon since 2000. I'm a, I'm a businessman. The Gideons are, are professional men and businessmen. And I feel it quite an, quite an honor. My, uh, I was telling Brother Jake before, this, before the service started, my, my grandparents were missionaries. Uh, uh, my great-great-grandfather was a missionary to India. My dad's been a pastor for over 50 years. And I was, my brother's a pastor. Uh, I was uh, kind of the black sheep of the family and went into business. And uh, uh, Gideon came to my church one thing, and, and, and I sat back there. And, you know, the thing, the thing about it is a lot of the things that we do, it just doesn't satisfy. You know, it's purposeful. And wherever we are and whatever we're doing, we're in the ministry. You don't have to be in full-time service to be in the ministry because we're supposed to speak of our Lord and our Savior. And... I got convicted that day, and I said, you know what, I, I, I can't, I, I wasn't called to be a pastor, but I can speak of my faith, and, and I joined the Gideons in, and, and, and it's been such a blessing um, for the last 18 years for me, and I've, I've, I've been able to go so many places, but, you know, I, I want to encourage you this morning that sometimes I, I get to be a part of your outreach, and, and I think about that for a minute, but I just, I just want you to pause and think, in 1899, before we had cell phones, before we had TVs, before we had anything, you know, they had, they had people that sold stuff back then, too. And it was, two, it was two traveling businessmen that tried to figure out how they could have a positive impact on people's lives. And they sat in a hotel lobby and said, you know what? We sit, we come down the lobby and we read our Bibles. Why don't we think about asking this hotel if they'll let us put Bibles in each room. Now, this is a, to, 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 when God asks you to do something, how many of you do like me and say, who me? I see y'all singing up here. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta answer the call. Yes? These, these men answered the call, two of them. And today, for your outreach, the, the Gideons is the largest missionary organization in the world. Because the two guys did what God told them. So don't ever let Satan tell you that you can't make a difference. Because you can, and you can make a difference right here. But we somehow get deceived in thinking it doesn't matter. Well, not, I'll, t- I'll tell that person later. But you know, how many of you have ever written or received a love letter? Come on. Huh? How many of you ever read all this love letter? Cover to cover. You know, we, we tell people that we're Christians, and we're up here listening to all the songs, and I want to surrender all. How can you really tell them when they've never heard? See, now I'm going to get choked up. You know, this book's got an author, but it's not a man author. My, my friend over here has come with me. He's an author. My friend's been in 120 countries around the world, and he's served our nation. He's a great man. But he's not, this is the word of God. It's not a book. It changes people. Every song that you sang this morning is about this. It's about this man. It's about Jesus. 
And sometimes we get distracted and we think it's about us. It's not about Brother Clint. It's not about Brother Jake. And it's not about you. It's about people's lives that are messed up. Our world is messed up. And yes, they can look it up on their phone. But for a dollar and 30 cents, I can put this in people's hands in Africa where we can't even go into the schools because they have no books. They'll maul the truck and we stop outside of the community and, and the teachers have to walk the kids out single file and then they give them a Bible that, that came from a church like you. That's how we're fulfilling the Great Commission. You know, it's, it's an outreach. But you don't realize that when you put a Bible like this in their hands that that's the only Bible they have, the only Bible their parents have, and the only Bible their grandparents have. When they take that home, they all read it because somebody gave a dollar and 30 cents for a Bible. I'm going to read you something in the front of this. I don't do this a lot, but I want you to listen to the words of what we all sang about this morning, what Brother Jake preached about, and it's in, it's in the book. This is in the front two, front two or three pages of the Gideon Bible. The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It's the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here paradise is restored, heaven's open, and the gates of hell are disclosed. Christ is the grand subject, our good, the design, and the glory of God, its end. It should fill our memories, it should rule our hearts, it should guide our feet, read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, a river of praise it is given you in life and will be opened at the judgment, and it will be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility and will reward the greatest labor and will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. That's God's word, folks. We get distracted with everything that we do and we try to be purposeful. How many of you do not want your friends and neighbors to go to hell? I don't want that. And sometimes we have, some of us don't have the gift of gab. But you know what? We don't sell these little Bibles, but you can, you can buy other Bibles. We, we give these little Bibles away. And, and, and just to give you a little place to go, there's, there's a friendsofthegideons.org. If you want to be a part of that, you can go Google that. Time's, time constraints keep me. But I just want to give you a little thought from two guys saying, what can we do to share our faith? The Gideons now give out a million Bibles every five days. A million. They passed out over two billion Bibles. I think they probably took up the job when they got convicted. What could we do? And something will happen this week when God will convict you to do something. Just remember it's about Him. Brother Jake, thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, you know, those guys deserve honor to, to, to serve for all the years that they serve all of us. We're sometimes difficult to get along with. So thank you for letting the Gideons come every year. And... Uh, Guys, he's going to ask y'all to give us some money Bibles. And as a businessman, I paid my way over here this morning. If I travel around the world, I pay for that myself.
But all the money you give this morning will go to, buy, go to pay for Bibles. It won't go for my gas. So I, I like for businessmen to know that in here. And if y'all want to know any, anything else, I'll be available for questions. Brother Jake, thank you so much. I thought it was good today to, uh, for us to understand the missions and what opportunities. And, you know, the Lord says that we, we don't give out of compulsion or... And I would not ask anyone to do that I, if, if you don't feel led. But he says God loves a cheerful giver and whatever God purposes in their heart. So if you feel led to give this morning, we want to give you an opportunity to do so. And the way we'll do that is we're going to have an offering. You probably have a bulletin that has an envelope in it. Anything loose in the offering plate, any loose cash will go to the love offering, Okay. If you, if you have something for the church, your regular tithe offering, you can put it in an envelope and write tithe on it or church on it, and Debbie will separate those out. But if you want to just give, you can put it in an envelope or you can just put loose stuff in the... Uh, if you make a check, you can make it to East Delta, and Debbie will take care of getting it to the Gideons. So just note it somehow. But we did want to give you an opportunity to give. As I said, that's just another opportunity to be a part of, of giving, part of outreach. Some things that we can't always go and we can't always do, but God has called some people to do that. So we're going to have our ushers come at this time. And uh, you guys come on. We'll have an offering. I throwed a loop in y'all's plan when I didn't have offering earlier, didn't I? So <laughs> they said, yeah, you did. Uh, so let's have a word of prayer. And then following that, we'll. Uh, I have a few more words. Father, Lord, I do thank you for today. I thank you, Father, for... Your word and outreach, I thank you, Lord, that we can understand that you've given us a, a call. You've given us the, the spirit to empower us. You've given us the tools that we need to be your witnesses, simply proclaiming what you've done in our lives, Lord. And Father, you, you tell us to, to be a witness in our home and, and then all the way even to the ends of the earth. And Father, you've called folks to go and to be in the mission field, and you've called folks to... Uh, to literally go around the world and even through presenting the gospel through this Gideons, Lord, that, that they're able to reach out uh, literally across the world. And Father, I thank you that today we have an opportunity to be a part of that outreach. And Lord, I pray that none here would, uh, would feel uh, just guilty out of guilt or out of compulsion to give. But Father, as you have purposed in our heart, we might share in your ministry and we might share in what you're doing uh, through the outreach of this organization, the Gideons. And Father, I pray now that you'd bless this gift as well as the giver. I pray that you'd bless us as a church, and I pray, Lord, that we would always be about building your kingdom and always be about your business. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.